the age of the sons of God. And uh, I want to talk to you about the sons of God. Amen. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 3 verses 1. Okay. 1 John chapter 3 verses 1. And I think the last time, the last two times that I ministered, I also spoke to you Last time I spoke to you, I spoke to you about being God conscious and um, living and doing what is right in the sight of the Lord. Not in the sight of your pastor, not in the sight of when your boss is around, then you work right. Or in the sight of the brothers and sisters, when the brothers and sisters are around, then we get our act together quickly and then we look like everything is going fine and we are saints. And then when everything, everyone is gone, then we go back to the, the bad ways, the old ways. And that we should live in the sight of God. And uh, before I told you the reason you are suffering and the reason you live right in the sight of the Lord is because... You want to reveal your sonship. And uh, I know Alex last week spoke about, it's all about revealing. Revealing Christ. Revealing God. Being a light. And um, in this scripture, it says, Behold what man of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew Him not. And um, what I want to say to you is we need to get the order right. We need to get the order right. And if we get the order right, then we'll all be living for a purpose and a reason. And the order has to do with all the things that you are making primary in your life. Okay, all the things that you uh, uh, make priorities. Priorities. What does the word priority mean? That which should be done first. Priorities. And Jesus challenges us in Matthew chapter 6 with priorities. Where he says, seek first the kingdom. That's priority. And if you have priorities, if you have something else that you are seeking that is first priority or takes preference over what Jesus told you to make priority, then the order is wrong. Because Jesus did not tell you to seek something else first. He told you to seek the kingdom first, right? Now, and all of us we, in each and every way, we are seeking something. And we are seeking to achieve something. And which is good. And, but I want to say again, that that is secondary to what God has primary. Your primary call, one of the primary calls, is to be a son of God. This scripture, and I keep saying to you, in here and there, as the Sundays were going on, that we... We must all seek our calling. 
What is our calling? Our calling is to be sons of God. And if you, if you come to that understanding, if you come to that understanding that God has called me to be a son, God has called me to live as a son, to be his son, right? Give me Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. So this scripture says that we should be called the sons of God. So there's many scriptures. Now, if we are not seeking the calling that God gave us in the scriptures, and we are seeking the other things, I mean, are you in the Bible? Are you going to find that the Bible says you are an apostle? Are you going to find from the Bible that you are, that God is writing in the Bible to some individual person saying, you are my prophet, you are my evangelist, or you are my lawyer, or you are my businessman, or you are my next president. Do you read that? That the Bible says it that way? No, it doesn't. But if we don't catch the calling that God is giving to us the whole time and speaking to us the whole time, we are missing our call. The call that has been given to us, the calling that has been given unto us, that you should be called sons of God. God has called you to be His son. Now in, in verse 4, according as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before Him in love. Next one. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children, the Greek word for children is actually sons. It's not supposed to be kinners. In Afrikaans, it says sians. The Greek word is not technon or napios. The Greek word is huios, which is the word, the Greek word used for mature sons. We were predestinated unto the adoption, meaning the placing of mature sons. By Jesus Christ Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. I've said this before and I say it again. The word predestination, you must not understand that with God telling you who you are going to marry. If you read that word predestination and you already think about, okay, God planned who I'm going to marry. God planned who, where I'm going to work. God planned in what nation I'm going to live. God planned who my parents are going to be. You read that in predestination. That is not what predestination means. Predestination has got nothing to do with that. The Greek word for predestination is a, is a word. I don't want to go into the Greek and use the Greek. Um, this is not, not a Bible school this morning. Right? But the Greek word actually it means to, to see the boundary line. To place a limit because the Greek word um, that you get there, okay, maybe I should just use it. The Greek word is pro rizzo, and it's a combination of two words pro and orizzo, as most of you already know. Horizo is where you get your English word from horizon. Okay, horizon. And horizon is a place that you see far where if you go, like if you had to go to the lagoon. And you would see there with the sky and the water meet that line. That you would call horizon. That also becomes boundary. That also becomes destination. 
that you are seeking out. If you make a plan to go on holiday and you say, I'm going to Cape Town on holiday, that becomes your destination in your mind's eye. That's how far you see. You don't see, uh, unless you obviously plan to go from Cape Town to America or someplace, that becomes, then you see further in your mind's eye, you plan further. This word is just simply taking that the limit that God has put upon you is sun. The boundary, the roof that God has put upon you is sun. That means God could not see further than sun. When God in the beginning, before He created anything, when He chose you before the foundation of the world and He predestinated, determined the destiny for you, He could not see further His sight. How do you determine horizons? By sight. So God had to look. And He had to look. And He looked and He looked. And then He couldn't see further than sun. So His destination for you is sun. That's what His destination is for you. And that's where He, that's where he wants you to go to. That is His ultimate for you. To be a son of God. That is the destination. Right? Now give me uh, Romans 8 28. Romans 8 28. And I believe that God wants His people to know the calling He has for them. Because if you read Romans 8.28 and it says, For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to His purpose. Right? So, if you take that word, let's take for example, I've got plenty prophecies. I've got many of them. I've got half a book full. I don't know what you call it. A2, this, that size. What's that? It's at A5. Okay, A5. Half a book full. Prophecies. Um, how many of you here have got prophecies? Please put up your hands. Okay? So there's a... Okay, let's say the half of you got prophecies and the other half doesn't. Now, if you go back in the old way, the prophet student said, there's a calling upon your life. And the rest of the God say, God, what is my calling? So if you see it like that, then that scripture for the half of you is not applicable. Because that scripture says all things work together for the good to them who are the called. Now if you only take that those who are called are those who have had a prophecy. Then that leaves you out. If you only understand that calling is when someone says, Hey, you're going to be, you're going to be a worldwide evangelist. There's going to be signs, wonders in your ministry. Or if someone says you're going to be a pastor, or if, some, or if another prophet comes and says, No, you're going to work with the youth. I see lots of young people coming to you. Or another one says, No, I see you're going to be a spiritual father. To many, to the broken and to the wounded. And then you say, oh, I've got a calling. 
And what about those who never had a prophecy? Because, in actual fact, the majority of the church doesn't have a prophecy. Because it's only the minority that get a prophecy. Is that right? If you stand in a meeting and there's a prophet, not everyone is going to get a prophecy. There's just about a five. There's, I mean, the, the hall is full of people because the prophet is here. And you know when the prophet is here, you want a word. Lord, say something to me. But then only five, six, seven, but the hall is full of people. And then only, oh, few. They are highly favored by God. They are special. They are peculiar. They are a chosen generation. Yeah, and they even sometimes get the prophecy, you are chosen for a time such as this. Wow, now what about the rest? What are the rest who still wants a calling? Who's still looking for a calling? Who still wants to know? God, what are you saying about me? In the book of Ephesians and Romans, Paul is prophesying to the church and he's giving them a call. He's giving them the calling that God had for them. He's telling them the plan. Because what do you, how do you see prophecies? When you have a prophecy, you are saying, this is the plan of God for my life. But in the book of Ephesians and Romans, God is telling you the plan for you. He's giving you your call. He's giving you a reason to love. He's giving you a reason for your existence here. He's placing it upon you. He's telling you. But because we have individualized and we have not spoken to the corporate, because the book of Ephesians and the book of Romans and the book of Corinthians and Philippians and Colossians and Galatians and Thessalonians, these are corporate letters these are letters written not to an individual these are letters written to the church go read all those books read chapter 1 verses 1 2 and 3 and 4 to the saints to the church all those letters are to the church so when he's writing this he says and we know that all things work together to the for the good to them that love god so if you are saved, he says all things are working together for the good to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now don't exclude yourself. Don't eliminate yourself. Don't take yourself out of that scripture because you don't have a prophecy. No one said something nice about you. No one prophesied the divine intent over your life. Right? But here he says, them who are called according to the purpose, you are the called according to his purpose. You are called to be God's sons. You were predestinated to sonship, to reveal sonship, to reveal your father. You were called to do that. That was the plan. And so what we need is we need prophets who are not prophesying to individuals. We need prophets who are prophesying to the body. We need prophets who can 
stir the body and prophesy to the saints their calling. Tell them all, we are called to be God's sons. Now if you make the secondary call, because Paul said he was called to be an apostle, secondary, but firstly, he was called to be God's son. First, he was called to be God's son. After that, he was called to be an apostle or to do. God would say those things, right? And you need to understand that you call, you've, you've been called by God, right? I think give me Romans 9, 26. Romans 9, 26. So you have a guarantee if you understand your call you have a guarantee that all things are working together for the good. But if you haven't got a prophecy and you still see it within that mindset how are you going to make that word that scripture applicable to you? The only one you can take out is I love him to them who love God. But then when it comes to the called, then you're thinking, I wonder if I'm called. Because I can't, I, don't, I can't find a prophecy. The prophet didn't speak anything special about me. Right? And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, you are not my people, there shall they be called, again the translation should have been, sons of the living God. That means the Gentiles, who at first, because if you go into the context, I don't want to read the whole context, but in the context, he's talking versus Jew versus Gentile. And he says the Jews, before Christ died, Jesus Christ died on the cross, they were the chosen people. They were called to be peculiar unto God. But the rest, the Gentiles, they weren't God's people. They weren't a chosen generation. But this scripture, God is now saying, there's going to come a time when they who were not my people shall be my people and they shall be called sons of the living God. Actual proper Greek translation, sons of the living God. God. You shall be called sons of the living God. Are you sons of God? Are you sons of God? That's your calling. And we need to, we need to go into this. We need to go into this more and more and more and more till it becomes the focus that we have. Because if you're seeking your secondary call first above the primary call, then you can be an evangelist with a bad attitude. Because sonship means, doesn't necessarily mean that I'm doing signs and wonders, then I am God's son. Right? Although those things go with it. But when you're saying, I am a son of God, you're saying, I have the ability to reveal the nature of my heavenly father. 
That means in all things, you're pursuing to reveal God. You're, you're pursuing to be His Son. You're pursuing to make God manifest. That is a calling. I call you to reveal me. I call you to put me on display. That, that's if you go into, if you could put it in another way. I call you to make me known. I call you to show to them my nature. I call you to reveal who I am. Right? Colossians 1.15 Colossians 1.15 For most of you, you have heard this, but we need to drive it. You need to drive it in. You need to drive it into your mind. You need to engraft this word into your mind so that you make it your primary calling. You make it what you are seeking primarily. Firstly, seek first. Now this chapter is talking about Jesus Christ and it says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Now the Afrikaans say om so mooi. Was it now in the Bible school, the Afrikaans in the gelees. Hey, is the sigbare beeld van the unsigbare God. The God that you cannot see is seen in the image. That's what it's meaning. Now Genesis 1 verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our... Didn't say let them make apostles. Didn't say let them make prophets. Didn't say let them make lawyers. Didn't say let us and let them be my televangelists. He said no, let them be our image. That means the reason he made man was to be his image. I call you to make me visible. Calling. I call you to make me seen. Years ago, the Lord gave it to me like this, that Christ is the visible expression of the invisible God. That means God has called us to be sons, and when we say sons, then it means we are the visible expression of the invisible God. Right? So our calling is to make Him visible. That is a calling. But that is not what we desire. That is not what we seek. Because if you, if you understand that calling, then what will happen? What will happen? You, and you know what it means to be God's son. And you know that if I say I'm a son, I, I, a responsibility is placed upon me to reveal my father. Then it means, then it means when I go to my workplace and the boss fluke me, then I am called to be God's son. Then I have a calling that says, hey, you are called not to curse when you are being cursed. Because then what am I doing? I must bless when I'm being cursed. I'm not to speak evil when evil. 
I am called to be God's son. So immediately it places a demand upon me to reveal God. To make sure that I am putting him on display. Because I am his son. I am his son. Otherwise, I can be a pastor and go home and be the son of the devil. But when I understand my call, then I know I go home and then I go be a son in my house. I go be a son in my marriage. I go be a son at my workplace. This is my call. This is my calling. This is what I must pursue. This is what I must go after. I am called to be God's son. Over and over, over and over. That must be your focus. That must be your attention. Right? So, otherwise, we can be prophets, prophesy over people, and then we can treat them bad. We can be preachers, and then we preach, and we teach, we behave wrong. Because we don't understand our first call. You can be, you can be a pastor. I'll use a pastor because I'm a pastor. Right, I'm pastoring. I, you can be a pastor and be an orphan. You can be a pastor and be, and be still a child of God and not be called a son of God. Right? I can give you a, an example. John chapter 13. For verses 31. Now in this chapter, this is the chapter where, where um, in chapter 12 they had the supper. In chapter, in chapter 13, if you read from the beginning of the chapter, it says supper had been ended and everything. And so Jesus is with his disciples. Okay. I'm not going to read the whole chapter for you. But he's with his disciples. And then in verse 31, he says, Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. And God, if God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while, right? And I am with you. You shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So Jesus is speaking to his 12 disciples, which by the time Jesus went to the cross, they were not just disciples, they were apostles. Okay? If you actually go into Matthew, chap uh, in the book of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus ordained himself 12 apostles, and then you go read Matthew 26, 27, 28, he's crucified. 
right? And I think Matthew chapter 26 is where they explain the, the supper and the upper room and he has communion with them, right? And this is the same time just before he's going to the cross. He speaks to his 12 apostles and he says, Meklenkener. Meklenkener. You see, that's why you meet maybe a minister or somebody. He's skilled in his gift, but he's very bad in revealing the Father. Very bad at that. He's very good. He's sharpened his gift. He's trained himself in his gift. But he lacks the ability to reveal the father as a son. And then, then, we, then we say, you then, you then a man of God, how can you do something like it? Okay? Now obviously, we're all human. We make mistakes. But I'm talking about habitual things that we do. Where we constantly do certain things they do not reveal the nature of God. Right? Do you understand that? So, you can be skilled in your gift. You can be very sharp. And you can know how to use your gift and flow in that gift, whether it be in the fivefold or whether it be the twelve gifts of the Spirit. But you are failing your call, your first calling. And I think that's what the Bible calls false prophet. False. Because speaking accurately is not, does not validate that you are a true prophet. Or a true apostle. Or a true pastor or something like that. What validates that you are authentic and that you are truly sent by God is the fact that you can reveal the Father. Sonship. I did Matthew chapter 7 years back. That's how God answered all my questions. When I, when I was lost, confused. So on this after I met Carl. And then revelation was just flowing and God explained to me why, why I felt so confused. Why I couldn't understand um, these type of things. And then God said it was your, God said to me, it was your responsibility to discern whether they are sent. I send, but there are false ones that also come and it's your work to test who are the true. Right? So, so Jesus said, Beware of false prophets. But in another scripture he says, I send you apostles, prophets, and scribes. I send. But when I send, be careful of the false ones that come. And he said, how are you going to know them? Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 7. How are you going to know them? By their fruits, he said, you will know whether they are false. Don't get, 
Don't get blinded by the gift. Don't get blinded by the gift. Don't let the gift, don't let because someone raised someone from the dead, make you think that this one is sent. Because God sends bread. God doesn't give you a scorpion. Right? Ach, maybe we should just read it. Matthew chapter 7. Seeing that we are there. I just want to speak from my heart. Let's read from verses 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Those of you who are making notes, I need somebody's notes because I'm not really to write my objectives and questions. Because I don't really have. Verse 8. For, so listen, he says you're asking. He says you're seeking. You're knocking. You, you, and, and then verse 8. For everyone that asks receives and he that seeks finds and to him that knocks it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? So the father says, whatever you ask, I will give it to you. So, he says, if you ask for bread, I'll give you bread. I won't give you a stone. But when we get the stone, then we say, God, why did you give me the stone? God said, I don't give stones. I give bread. Bread is good for you. Try and swallow a stone. Right? You'll be like a little baby. It'll just come out on the other side. Right? That's what gebeur met die kinders. Or if you ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? Fish. Good for you. Healthy for you. Scorpion. Or serpent. We know. It's bad. Mark Seer. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask Him? He says, you are evil, but you know how to give good gifts. I, how much more will I not give you good things? Things that benefit you. What is Who is Jesus? He is the son of? What did the son of God say? He said, I am the bread that came from heaven. You ask for bread, God's going to send you a son. You want bread, God will send you a son. But watch out, the stone is close. When the true comes, the false is close by. So he says, beware. It's your job. It's your job to check. It's your job to look. Right? Versus, and, and the word, uh, verse 11, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts. Now the, 
The Greek word for gift is the Greek word doma. Doma. And that's, that's the word, the same Greek word that is used in Ephesians chapter 4 where he says, And when he ascended, he gave gifts to men. What is, and then he says, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He says, the, the Greek word doma describes actually when you buy a gift that actually benefits someone. Do you know, like when it's your children's birthday, some people buy sweets. And others buy books. The books is domas. The sweets. Right? It's not very beneficial. Right? No. Sweets the whole time. Sweets, sweets, sweets. Right? But you know the book is a good gift. Because what does it do? It benefits the child. God says I'll give you good domas. So why did he give fivefold ministry? He gave fivefold ministry to be good domas to you. To be a good gift. A gift that benefits you. But if that gift is going to be good and not evil, is dependent upon whether the person is a son or still a child. Because if he's a child and you being maybe now net na die Heere gekom en jy is nog een kind in die Heere you're still a child in the Lord. You still need to grow, mature in Christ. And you've got issues. And maybe you might say something to the pastor that's not very nice. Then the pastor, if he's a son, or if he's a child, will determine how he will respond to you. If he's a child, he might also not say something that's very nice to you. But if he's a son, he'll be in self-control. He'll say it in the right way. Those are good gifts. So when you ask, he says, yes, I'll send you a son who will use his gift to benefit you. But in the meanwhile, please, please beware of the child who's going, who wasn't sent, but is using his gift to make room for himself, to give himself a name because he has an identity crisis and he wants to achieve that, he wants to be seen. So if you threaten his position, if you threaten those things, hy sal vir jou mooi seermaak. Okay? He will. Because he is not mature. Do you understand that? Um, verses 12. So now when you get hurt by the evil gift, because the evil gift came before the good one came to you, And then you accepted the evil one as the sent one. And then the giftings of the person 
Maar hij sê, sjo, ja, daar hou ons op die kop. Hy sê vir my goede, I don't know, yo, what a man of God. Then you accept him, you take him, but then what time the fruits show. Then the fruits, then when you want the apple, and pikkel die dooring vir jou. Right, that's, okay, we'll read it just now. He said, you will know them by their fruits. That was my question. I said, God, why did you let this happen to me? Oh, ah, Lord. He said, man, I didn't send those guys. Maybe just to say one or two things, which was good, but I didn't send them to love with you. I didn't send them to be a part of your journey with you. I could use their giftings to say what I wanted to say to you, but I never meant for them to journey with you. The ones that I make to journey with you are the sons. I send you sons. I give you bread from heaven. Bread that benefits you. They must journey with you. And they will be good gifts from the Father. Be careful of the false one. So, that's why the Bible doesn't speak very nice about Balaam the prophet. And Balaam, God didn't send Balaam, and Balaam was using divination, and Balaam prophesied accurately over, over Israel. And then I think here by the, I can't remember the story so well, so I speak here under correction. So, and then it says, I think by the third time, Sidrech Lisa, Jesus goed in the Old Testament. By the third time, this Balaam said, ah, this Lord is not going to curse these people. Right? He's not going to curse them. So what did he do? The Bible says, let's read, you will read it very carefully. The Bible says, and Balaam left his divination. And everything he said over, over Israel was true. Then the Bible says, and he went and goes, stood there. And the Bible says, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And he says, and he says, my eyes have been opened in the visions of God. I see Israel dwelling in tents. There shall come a star out of Shiloh. Is it correct? Right? And he prophesies. He goes into another dimension of prophecy. Prophesying. But God didn't send him. He was doing divination. What I'm saying to you is, if you've got gifts in the area of fivefold, or if you seeking the secondary to make your secondary authentic is dependent upon whether you are a son or a child of God. So if you don't pursue, if you don't pursue your primary call, son, which means to reveal God, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, pray for them that persecute you. Okay? I got good oefening all those type of things. Then, what will happen? You won't be authentic. You are not sent by God. Oh, the day I understood this, then I released God. Because <laughs> I was always blaming God for sending 
that mess. Because I went on the gift and I didn't know how to discern those who are sent. I did not know how to discern that. I had no revelation on Christ. I had no revelation on what it meant to be a son. Sonship is what authenticates you. God, listen, God sends to the church fivefold, but He wants to give to the world sons. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. But in Ephesians chapter 4, He gives fivefold ministry to church. So that the gifts, so that the sons who, are, who have those gifts can use the gift to build the saints so that the saints can be sons of God. So that they can go into the world and be a son. But if you haven't made your, 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 your primary goal to be a son, then what will happen is you will, you will use the gift and you'll step over on people if they're in your way so that you can get where you want to be. If you're just interested in your secondary call or gift, then what will happen is you won't care if you hurt people. You won't care if your life is not in line. Because that's not important to you. But when you understand that you are called to be a son, you know I am called to reveal God. Do you know, uh, give me Ma Matthew chapter 3 verse 16 and 17. I gaan op bykie vannig. Ek hoop jylle skryf so vannig as ek praat. But we must come back to Matthew chapter 7 now. Matthew chapter 3 verse 16. This is a story where Jesus comes to John the Baptist to be baptized. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were open unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Next one. And a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Hoyos, in whom I am well pleased. Now, before that day, Jesus didn't do a miracle. Before this day, he's now 30. He's now ready to go. He's now ready to be sent. Unto us a child is born, but a son is given. God gives sons. God gives us sons. And so I, I believe that God is wanting the church to come to the place where he can say, this is my son. This is my son. Hey, you can, you can I'll give you this son. He'll, he'll use his gift to build you. He won't step over you. Now before, at the age of 30, there is no record from the day of his birth, okay, besides his birth, that's a miracle, until the age of 30, you can't find a record of Jesus doing a miracle. In fact, in John chapter 1, you also read in the beginning was the word, and it talks about John the Baptist who baptizes Jesus, and he says, I bear record that this is the Son of God. So ministry, John the Baptist, ministry, confirming that this is a Son Right? So God wants to use ministry to confirm sons. 
right and that's chapter one chapter two on the and, and on the third day in Cana of Galilee there was a wedding John chapter 2 was one you know that story the wedding feast where Jesus gave them alcohol to drink okay he turned water into wine did he turn water into wine and the Bible says when he turned the water into wine it was his first but he was called a son on the Jordan before he did a miracle so then how are you gonna prove you can't you can't go on the signs and the wonders and say this is a son of God no 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 you've got to know the father if you don't know the father and if you don't know the son Jesus Christ his nature then you have no ability to discern who are sons because you don't know who God is so when you are to discern sent ones or those who God gives to you to journey with your life you can't look at the gifts you have to look at the life you can't look at the gift you have to look at the life to know that they are sent by God if you don't look at that you see we we running after the gifts <coughs> and we feel that the, we see the gifts but most of them who use their gifts before time will hurt you because they haven't developed in sonship they're so immature they don't mean to hurt you they have issues that they haven't sorted out they don't mean to hurt you but they will hurt you because they have not sorted themselves out so if you if you are pursuing your secondary that's fine but you gotta know that you have to first and foremost seek sonship first and foremost you must seek to be God's son you must seek to reveal who the father is you must seek to emulate or imitate Christ that is what you must seek and if you're not seeking that then it doesn't matter whether you're rebellious whether you talk bad do things just your way you it doesn't matter because that is what's not important to you but I want you to know that if you are seeking the secondary without getting the validation or validating yourself as a son authenticating yourself to know that you are sent by God then you are going to be the false gift you are going to be the false apostle you're going to be the false prophet the false evangelist the false pastor and teacher you're going to be if you call to work with the broken woman you go to the woman not being mature and you'll be the false gift to those broken women yes in the beginning they'll be very impressed with you because you've sharpened your gift 
In the beginning, I think, Yara, thank you for a hiri person. Right? And then maybe God only wanted to use them just to give you a prophecy because they're skilled. They know how to use it. Or they, maybe, whatever, God wanted just to use them to do that. But He had no intentions of them journeying with you. So you misinterpreted that and said, this is the one. And then you blame God when you left on the side. Half dead, confused, broken, lost, don't know where you are. Okay. Now when I say that, I'm not saying that the mature never make mistakes. That's not what I'm saying. But they have practiced and they have developed themselves to, to respond in a Christ-like way. Right? Okay? That is not their habit. Okay, everyone gets, read Moses, read Gideon, read Elijah, read all these great men. They all had moments of failure. But in general, they were not like that. Right? Okay. Uh, back to Matthew chapter 7. So, so when... The Bible said that Jesus in the river of Jordan, this is my beloved son. It wasn't because he did healings. It wasn't because he did miracles. It wasn't because, it wasn't because that when he preached, people were slain. Or any of those stuff. Right? It wasn't because of that. It was because he was saying, this child that was born, Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given 30 years later. He was a son when he came into the earth. But from, his, from a human perspective, he was a child. The Bible says that he grew in stature. Jesus grew in stature. Favor with God and man. So by the time 30 years later, God says, This son, this this one, I call him my son. This one will show you who I am. You, this, die, is the sichtbare beeld van die onsichtbare God. Die is my sien. He, in hierdie sien, word ek sichtbaar. When you pursue something that is not, uh, that's why I said to you from the beginning, we must get the order right. The order is seek first to be a son. Because sonship is the foundation that supports ministry or gifting. Okay? Let's go back to Matthew chapter 7. Verses 12. Okay. Verse 12. Therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in 
there at. I don't want to go into that one. It's take too long to explain. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads unto life and few be there that find it. Do you know when you are seeking the gift above the, the primary calling? Do you know to seek the primary call first? Straight is that way. Narrow. Because now, when they curse you, what must you do? Straight, it's narrow. To enter in through there. But it's easy just to take your gift and say, Ek sal waar en ek gaan net omgebreek. To run. There's no, there's no, wach, wait, is he regie? Nee, ek is reg. Nee, maar ek hou nie van hierdie, wach a reg Right? No, go home. Be a husband. Go home. Be a wife. No, no, man. This is too straight and narrow. Let me just use my gift and go into the thing. No. Go to work. Serve. Be a son. No, it's too straight. It's too narrow that way. It's too tough. But that's the way into ministry. Whichever God has called you, secondary. Okay? Verse 15, now look what he says. So in other words, there are few that find the way. Do you know there are few people in the church who come into what God has for them? As men van hulle wat vind, that actually come to the place where they standing in what God wanted them to do secondarily. Men, few be there that find it. Because we don't want the straight way. We don't want the narrow way. We want the broad way. We want my way. We want self's way. This must ek. Ek. Not my will, your will. Is that right? And that the Bible says in the book of Peter, you must go read the book of Peter, first Peter. It says, it's the will of God for you to suffer if need be. So that you may obey the word. When the word says, when the word says, you go to work and your boss mistreats you, don't try and get him back. Okay, I'm now just saying it in my own way. I'm just trying to get it more clearly through. But the word, the revelation of the scripture is that. And so when the word says that, that's the will of God. Then what do you do? Not my, that. No, but when you're seeking sonship, you understand that it is important to do the will of God. This is very important. This is what the word says. And by suffering, you must learn obedience by suffering. You must obey that word. 
Is nie lekker wanneer jou baan wil jou vloek en skelly. En wil jou sê hoe dom jy is nie. But that's why you must have identity. So that what he says to you, is ok nie, jy sê ek is dom, maar ek is een sien. My father loves me. Doesn't matter what you think. My father loves me. You cannot tell me. Ek is dom. You can tell me I'm a fool. Say, don't worry. I know. God loves me. God loves me. You will endure. Submit. You'll treat right. You'll do the thing right. You'll walk in the sight of the Lord. You'll be God conscious. At school, you won't behave like the other children. When the teacher is not around, or when, you won't. Why? Because you've come to find who you are. You're a son of God. You now know what you're called to do. First and foremost, we all have a calling. Right? Okay, let me see if I can uh, wrap up here. So no gun. Verse 15. Now watch what it says. Beware of false... Why would Jesus say beware of false prophets? What's that got to do with asking, seeking, knocking? I'll give you good gifts. Do good unto those. What's that all of a sudden? Beware of false prophets. Because, because you ask for bread. Opas for the steen. Be careful the stone. Jy het gebid, Heere, ek soek brood. Hy sê, ek gaan jou brood gee. But beware. The stone is on the way. The false always tries to come before the real one gets to you. Because when the real one gets to you, it's tickets. He's going to... He can't do anything to you. Right? Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You see, it's not a sheep as a wolf that come. Hy net skaps kleren, maar druk kom net bykie. Hy vinnig hy skaap kleren, uittrek en vir jou vat vir breakfast. He'll have you for breakfast. The nature, when he says inwardly, it says they have not yet changed the nature. They have not developed the nature. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, when he was speaking to his 12 apostles, that he just ordained, he says, I send you as sheep. He said, these guys aren't sheep, they're wolves. They can only outwardly be nice to you, nice, when they, they, they use the gift they do the miracle, they prophesy, they words of knowledge, everything, share great revelation with you. Oh man, just you're bedazzled. And and that just for that time. But when you walk with them, you see, hey, the wolf. I come out, I'm eight now. You haven't changed. So, in other words, you see, if you're using your gift, but you are not yet a son then you are the false gift. Because you are only outwardly 
have sheep's clothing, but inwardly you're still a wolf. You haven't changed your nature from a wolf to a sheep. A sheep is a defenseless animal. He can't defend himself. Jesus showed us when he went to the cross. He didn't defend himself. He was a sheep. He was the Lamb of God. In Luke chapter 10, when he sends out his 70 disciples, not his 12, his 70, he says, I send you as lambs. They say, this is the Hulle gaan jou seer maak, but you be a lamb. They gonna say things to you, but you are the lamb. You sacrifice yourself. You understand? But if you don't understand your primary call, then you will pursue the secondary at the expense of the first. But I want you to know that if you have skilled your gift, and you have not yet established your first call. You are a false gift if you are going. You will understand how important it is to be a son. God gives sons. God sends sons to you. Good gifts. You shall know them by their fruits. Verse 16. You shall know them by the fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? You see, you see grapes, but you see grapes, you see the fruit that the man will get, then you get the dwarfs. I get the I remember years back, years back, I was a, I was looking up to this one person. He's not from Wolfers, just in case you're all thinking. <sighs> right? And, uh, and, uh, and I looked up to him, but I didn't know that he wasn't sent and not mature. And then we were all chatting about the word and everything was going so nice. And, and then he was looking for a scripture and I wanted to help him. And I said, let me help him. He said, hey, what's my man? I was like, oh, okay. She was. So I like, I'd never try it again. Found out. Whoa. But he, you understand? The dwellings. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every tree brings forth good fruit. Every good tree. But a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. Are you a corrupt tree? There's a scripture where Jesus says, every tree that my father has implanted, he will uproot. Are you a corrupt tree? Because you haven't dealt with the immaturity or the wolf-like nature that you have gotten because of all the pain that you've experienced, all the hurt. Verse 9, every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. It will eventually be plucked up by the roots. It will not last. 
Whereby, wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Right? Now listen, many shall say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, and in your name have cast out devils, and in your name have done many wonderful works? You see, it's all about the gifts. Gift focus, and you're not sonship focus. Right? Now, I mean, imagine, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. See, because a false prophet prophesies, but he works iniquity. You can use your gift. That's why I don't understand why, why, the, why the church keep inviting these what do, you, what do you call these preachers? Huh? Itinerary preachers. Hulle behoort in a kerk, hulle is nerens. Hulle gaan net. And I can't understand why the church lets those people preach. It doesn't make sense. They couldn't wait. They didn't want to wait. They said, no, you're controlling me. But yeah, imagine, just, you've got to think nicely about the scripture. You've got to really think. Think. I prophesied in your name. That means, I'm not a son, I'm not mature, I didn't wait, I wasn't sent, nothing. But I'm using my gift. I come to Antimimi, Antimimi, the year of Aismai. So, 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 and you say, oh, it's far. Do you know why? That's how you can be deceived. Because you prophesying in his name. The guy says, the guy says, I'm doing wonderful works in your name. It's not that he said, I tried. He said, I'm doing it. I did wonderful, I did miracles in your name. I mean, if, if I had to do miracles, I, mean, I think I would be very chuffed with myself. Serious. You would be, whoa, man, what is with me? But there is a way in the Lord. And unless you know that way, you are in error. Hebrews chapter 3. My people do err because they do not know my ways. Ways. Anyway, that's what I'm going to say. It's India. You need to seek your primary calling. You need to seek to be a son of God. Because it will make your gift to make that there will be no dwellings of your womb. You need to be a good gift and not an evil gift. You need to be a blessing, not a curse. Right? You need to pursue sonship. Oh, you, you need to get that calling. That's your call. If you know that you're called to be a son, and you understand what that means, you understand you have a responsibility to reveal the Father. You are to make God known. 
that means in my marriage there's a way there's a responsibility at my work there's a responsibility at church meetings there's a responsibility with my brother and my sister there's a responsibility with wherever i go there's a responsibility upon me to be a son there's a responsibility right you are called to be a son of god that is your primary calling don't be false don't misunderstand it don't be shocked don't get a shock when you stand before the lord right your giftings your miracles those don't authenticate you your sonship authenticates you hebrews chapter 5 he says, therefore Christ glorified him, not himself, to be made a high priest. But he that said unto him, you are my son, this day have I begotten you. What authenticated him for that high priestly ministry? His son. Right? Amen. Let's pray.